on today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition. What exactly is homomorphic encryption? And what's wrong with good old-fashioned paper and pen ballots? All right, first and foremost, thanks, everybody. I hope you all had a nice weekend. We're glad to be back after our little uh, Monday American holiday President's Day break. Uh, and it's also great to have Roger back. Hey, thanks. How Glad was, to be back. How was Dad the sequel? Dad the sequel was it was good. It was taxing. It's uh, every someone asked me like, how was my vacation? I'm like, definitely wasn't Not a vacation. vacation. <laughs> Not a vacation at all. So I'm very happy to be back. Oh, good to have you back. We definitely need your expertise. We got some good questions and comments. Um, Alfred, the way you you phrased it, you have to account for human error. Uh, I was kind of curious and how that perspective shifts. And does this system prevent human tampering? Well, yeah, that's that's the whole point. Like it's it's supposed to. Okay, okay. Actually, well, it doesn't prevent tampering. It right? it, it can't, just lets it the, can't prevent tampering, but it basically makes it so that like if you do like hack a vote, it's very obvious, right? Um, if the person checks, yes. if the voter checks, yeah. Right? But yeah. I mean, it does. Like the the voter, the election board can also check themselves. Like, oh, got it, it. That's the okay. idea. Is that like okay. because it's all open sourced. Um, once all the votes are in and once the polls are closed, anyone can download all the votes, all the encrypted votes and, mm. and check it to see like if it matches up with what's being reported out there. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like disinformation like happens very frequently with stuff like that, um, where if I were an attacker, I, I would say I would pretend to say like, oh, I, I downloaded the votes. Here's what they are. Uh, and look like this person like won even, uh, and, and it's just, it's. If that's the loudest voice on social media, everyone will believe that even if it's not necessarily true. Mm, yeah. Uh, just because I've seen disinformation campaigns and that seems right. to be the ongoing trend. So it does not prevent tampering, but it prevents very effective tools to catch it and try to stop like disinformation campaigns, which is a very difficult task. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, um, if we're going to continue dumbing things down so that I can understand them, homomorphic. <laughs> Uh, what is a more uh, you started to explain it you did a good job i'm still stupid what what's the layman's terms for what does homomorphic mean when it comes to the elections um it's like a math thing i i was speaking with uh josh benela this is a microsoft's like senior cryptographer microsoft research uh department um and he gave a very good quote for it that I, i'm looking up right now and this is this is basically the the easiest way to explain it uh it's it's sort of structured gibberish like you can't tell what it is. It's like when it's encrypted, it is gibberish, but it keeps enough structure to it that you can actually work with the gibberish rather than like making it not gibberish. I don't know if that's an easier way to explain it, but I mean, so it, like the system recognizes the gibberish, yeah, and can manip- not manipulate, it can, but can, it can like do math on top it. of it. Okay. That's that's the basic it part right. of it. They're but not, it, it's gibberish to the point where the system wouldn't be able to identify the person who put that vote in, right? Yeah, Got yeah. It. Only what the what the value of the vote is as opposed to yes. who cast it. Yeah, or like okay. who they cast it for. Got it. Yeah, got it, it. It's just an interesting thought to try to grasp because historically there was some form of algorithm or some way to crack a direct translation. And by the sounds of this, that takes that completely out of the equation. If it's pseudo-randomized, is that kind of how so it comes up with the gibberish? Uh, a way to like visualize encryption is kind of like and decrypting something is – Imagine you put like a banana in a blender and now it's all mush, right? That's it being encrypted. And decrypting it would be somehow returning it back to its regular state of being a banana, which physically is impossible, but like in code, like that's that's kind of what it does. Um, it's a very like basic understanding of it. It's not, And there's a lot of ways that like that analogy is wrong. But um, for like the average person, that's kind of how I describe mm. it. 
Um, like obviously you can't get a banana back from that, but like decryption would do something like that. Sure. Um, and the idea being like a normal encryption for a vote, you can't do that, right? Like you can't decrypt it because then you know like this person voted for this person and that you're not allowed to do that. Right. So homomorphic encryption would basically be like, oh, we don't need to turn it back into the normal banana. We can use this mush and then add it each other and say, oh, there are like... If you just see the mush, you don't know it's a banana, right? But homomorphic encryption would basically, oh, there's 10 bananas here. Like, they can tell, like, from parts of it that, like, mm. what it was originally. Got it. That's a really bizarre yeah. yet effective way to explain it. Yeah, somehow. yeah. That was actually pretty good. Uh, Timothy says, I'm all for new technology, but voting, it needs to stay old school paper and pen. Or is that just me? Matthew Datcher says, I love the potential voting technology, but if it can't be explained to lay people... It'll never get traction. Paper for the win. How do you guys feel as registered voters? Uh, are we excited to see, just personally, go ahead and editorialize. Are we excited to see this technology come to play? Uh, do we think it's actually going to be helpful in our experience in going to the polls and engaging with modern politics? Or is it all just kind of like blowing smoke? I mean, yeah, that's that's a big problem with Election Guard is that, you know, I, I spoke with another cryptographer who who had mentioned to me, like, there's only about like 3,000 people on the planet that like fully understand homomorphic encryption. Mm, yeah. And with like election counties and like with voting technology, the idea in the US is that like you have to be able to properly explain this yep. to everyone yeah. working on it because part of like of election and part of democracy is not only like counting like who won, but being able to show a paper trail for it to show yep. the person who lost so they can like openly admit like yes i lost this election when you have something this complicated it, it raises up some issues of like well i don't know how this encryption works how do i know that i lost this this vote is a sham yada 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 right um so like adding more technology will always like create um complications again not because of the technology itself sometimes more so like people don't understand it they yep. don't accept the vote for what it is there's a lack of transparency or, yeah yeah yeah. Well, the thing of it is, is I think to your point that it's simple to say, just let's just go back to paper ballots, but there are a lot of places that don't use yeah. paper ballots or prefer to use voting machines. And that's sort of the reality that we, we have to work with that reality, right? Yeah. Like, it'd be great if we all just went back to paper ballots, but that's not where we're at. Also, like, it, it is like an accessibility issue, too. Right. Like, so right. Microsoft was bringing this up. Like, if you notice in one of the photos, they were using the Xbox adaptive controller. Oh, yeah. Rather okay. than like you know, just using the touchscreen. Right. Um, part of that being like, well, you know, there are people that like might not be able to use a pen yeah, or pencil or something true. like that. And this is kind of a way for them to do that. Um, so that that is also like one of the reasons why like voting machines may be used more than like pen and pen and paper. Gotcha. That Makes Microsoft sense. adaptive controller continues to be one of my favorite stories of the last several years. These good things just keep coming from it in a world with crappy news. Uh, okay, we got a few minutes left. Let's take one from Brian. He says, uh, not sure how to phrase this. Many attempts to digitize voting stress paper backups. If we become confident in the system because of the backup, how do we stop then from becoming complacent? Ooh, we're going deep on that one. Um, so in this situation with Microsoft, they're not saying the papers are the backups. The paper, the electronic system is the backup. Mm. Um, like the, they're still using paper as the main way to vote. And then they're using the electronic system to verify that. And, and actually this, the, correct me if I'm wrong, like it, it, this system actually 
requires that voters not be complacent, that they actually go and actively check yeah. the verified copy or their, their, their second copy. So like you can't be complacent or else mm. the system would break down. Yeah. And the other thing is like in Wisconsin, they have a law that like the poll workers have to initial every vote that like before it's cast in the ballot. Oh. Like, so what they're doing at, at this election today is that they are, um, when they initial it, they're also going to ask the people like, did you check your vote to make sure everything's like right? Um, so, and they, the, the same study that I was talking about where only 6% of mm-hmm. people had only like actually checked their votes to see if something was wrong and reported it. Right. Um, they did a counter study on it or like they, they did a control for it where it was basically, let's see how many people report it if we tell them like, you need to check this. And mm-hmm. it was like 80%. So it does oh, go okay. up when okay. like, they're told like, you need to, you need to do this. Gotcha. Now, will that happen in every election across the country? Definitely not, because the way that U.S. elections work is that it's up to every single county to decide how to do it, and there's no, like, standard for security or technology uh, guidelines. There we go. Before moving forward, shout out to my mom, who's watching the show after coming in from shoveling the driveway. Hello! Uh, Commander Trium. What's that? Your son's amazing. You did a great job. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Uh, all right. Next question is coming in from Commander Trium up in the Great White North. Uh, are there not encryption technologies that don't rely on particular identity? Uh, cannot these be coupled with tracking when a vote has been cast by an individual on vote acceptance separately? There are, but you can't count on those. You can't do math on those. I, that's like that's the whole point of homomorphic encryption is that you can encrypt the vote all you want, but like if you can't count the vote, which encryption like makes it difficult to count, right. like it's, it, you can't do anything with it. Um, th- that's why they, they needed this like this other concept rather than just encrypting it itself because it would have to be decrypted for them to count the vote otherwise. Right, and then that would be useless. Yeah. Unless he's talking about like the chain of command stuff where it's like encrypting like, oh, this vote was counted, that kind of stuff. Um but I mean, homomorphic encryption kind of already does that and then mm. is still able to count the vote after. This is dense stuff. Alfred, yeah. thanks for making time to explain this because I actually think this is extremely helpful. Uh, we got a couple of really, really good questions coming up next from our old friend Timothy on YouTube. Does the federal or state set up the standards for encryption? Um, well, no one sets the yeah. standard for encryption. Uh, the state, though, like sets the standards for uh, election like technology guidelines. So this is this is a problem that Microsoft has encountered for a while too, where like there's there's the Election Assistance Commission where that that like started around 2002 and they like set guidelines and that's federal and they set guidelines for like what you should do for security on your machines that kind of mm. stuff. But the thing is, is like those are just guidelines; those are not requirements. There are no federal requirements for uh, election security. Um, so. It's up to the county, and they do that because it's like every county has different needs, right? If if one county, if if there's a federal guideline that says you need to spend like at least, you need to buy these machines and only these machines, then like a county that doesn't have that much money, like they're just not going to be able to vote. Like mm. it's different for every like right. area. Uh, so like counties like set their own guidelines for this kind of stuff. Um, but like I said, it's extremely different, and there are no. Um, there's no like standard of like encryption per se, but there are there they do have security standards, but it might be different from like one town to the other. And sometimes those standards like will go against uh, their their own technology. So like I said, some counties only only some counties adhere to the Election Assistance Commission, mm. and some others don't. 
But the their guidelines, like even if you do something as simple as like updating the security on it, like getting a security patch, like you don't get a new machine, you don't like whatever, right. you just update it so you're not vulnerable to a, an attack. You have to get the entire machine recertified again, which oh. like takes a while. Wait, so does that, that's an interesting point. Like would incorporating this election guard system into your, your overall voting system, if you have machines, would that require yeah. them to be recertified? Yeah. Oh, that's the it. other. That's the other problem. Wow. There's a lot of red tape for yeah, them to, yeah, yeah. to cut through okay. here. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, like, Microsoft found like because they found that there were a lot of voting machines that were using like outdated Windows Seven machines, and it was just easier to do that than like recertify with a security patch. Well, no, they they were saying like, hey, you need to patch this because there's security issues here, and like, well, we want to, but then we have to get this like completely recertified, and that takes a while, and right, we, right. we won't have that in time for this election. Wow. So, like, there's a lot of red tape stuff here that's, like, frustrating as well. Um, like, that will most likely hold Election Guard back for a while. Gotcha. Um, which is why, like, I think, like, the technology has potential, but there's so much that, like, could go wrong for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have there been any sincere conversations about some semblance of regulation for encryption? Uh, I like to shout out to Matthew Datcher, who points out uh, encryption in general, not necessarily only related to voting. NIST has some guidelines out there, so there is that as well. Yeah, yeah, there there's guidelines, but there's no like requirements mm. for it. Is the thing, and there's no no conversations of that happening anywhere. I'm just I'm kind of curious myself because I mean, like that's a scary potential. I mean, are, are you talking about for election machines only, or like in general? Because there are conversations- I guess we should stay on topic to election machines. Okay, because I was going to say there are conversations about like getting rid of encryption from the federal government. Uh, uh, let's yeah, let's stay on elections. That's yeah. a, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> That is a much more complicated can of worms. Um, no, because they're, the main conversation is more we should just have paper ballots. Like, we don't, like, why do all this when we can just have paper ballots? Seems like that's a consensus here as well. And uh, another nod to Commander Trium reporting on the paper ballots still effectively working up in Canada. Uh, this is a really great question from Raymond. Uh, is there or can this be combined with online voting options? Yes, uh, they've actually talked about this, but but I, I want to stress that uh, they are not endorsing this and mm-hmm. they're not saying like you should use this for, for uh, online voting. But yes, it can be used for online voting. Um, it would probably be a more secure way to do it because you can verify your vote there. Mm-hmm. But then the problem becomes like, what if somebody hacks your phone? Yep. Right. Yeah. So like, even though the vote is secured, if your phone is not secured and I take control of it, I can just say like, no, I'm I'm. Brian, I voted for this person. Right. Uh, and and also, yeah, there, there's a lot of issues around that, that like around mobile voting that don't specifically have to do with the vote itself. Okay. I think I'm digesting this properly. <laughs> uh, before we shut things down for the day, um, what are the next steps in this program? What are we going to see if it is deemed a success? Are there other potential markets we could see this rolled out to? What is the testing phase? How long is that going to last? And what is the perspective that we might actually see this come into an effect? Yeah, I'm waiting to hear back from the um, like the election officials in Wisconsin today after the polls closed to see how it was, how people like had interacted with it. Um, and then there's going to be pilots in other cities. They haven't exactly disclosed where. Hopefully there will be a pilot near New York so I can go and check it out. Mm. Um, and what was the other questions? I'm sorry. Just in general, where they're going with this. Do we think that they're going to expand on this? What yeah. the potential so, success rate could be? So it's open sourced, which means that even if I like, like I was not working with Microsoft, I could just throw this onto my own election 
uh, if I wanted to. And Microsoft has actually heard that from from people where they they got contacted by an election official in like a European city. They declined to say where, mm. um, but they were saying, "Hey, um, I've been contracted to do this um, for a citywide election." And this was done, like this was all happening, like without Microsoft even knowing. And huh. that that brings up like one of the concerns that that I've been hearing is that like. Like all it takes is one like really public failure of this from somebody like using the open source uh, code. Yeah, where like even if Microsoft had nothing to do with it, like that would make Election Guard lose credibility credibility like mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, yeah, I mean like that's like we saw that with like Iowa and and the Shadow app there, right. where you know that was a colossal failure, and maybe that app would have been good, but like that one failure, like right. no one like trusts that app. Yep. Um, and like the thing is like, because it's open source, other people can use it. And if it messes up, they can say, well, this was Microsoft. It goes back to Microsoft. Yeah. Yeah. Even though like they had nothing to do with it because it's open source. So that is another issue like about this potentially like crashing and burning before it takes off. So wait, in saying that it's open source, are you saying that I could get a hold of this software? It's on GitHub. Like you can, you can, you can look at it like right now. You can look at all the code for it too. I'm just kind of curious. Could we do something like a totally low key, lame online poll and test the software against it? Um, I mean, you might be able to, I don't know how well, you know, at building a encryption system or anything like, I mean, I think the encryption is in the code itself also, but you go for it, man. I, I I can't tell you like what to do, but yeah, you can try it. (laughs) I might not be the right candidate for this as we I can, am not a programmer. I've only only barely dabbled, but I don't know if anybody's out there listening or watching. Um, we'll we, have a link to the software in the description. If you get a chance to experiment with it and maybe see how it works firsthand, we'd love to credit you, see what your results are, put it on the show. We'll see where that takes us. Yeah, uh, I can send you the GitHub link after this. But yeah, it's been available since last September. It'd just be interesting, like to really kind of get a, a firsthand experience with it. I'm just, I'm morbidly yeah. curious. Uh, and on that note, we're out of time. Thanks everybody for coming back. Thanks Roger for coming back to work. Thank God, <laughs> we needed it. We uh, needed your help. Well, I'm, I'm definitely thrilled to be back. And this is a really, this was a really relevant conversation given we just had Presence Day. So, uh, all right, if you would. We would love it if you'd subscribe and ring the bell to join us weekday mornings and be a part of the daily news cycle here at CNET. Links to all of today's stories are, as always, in the description below. This show is also available as an audio podcast. Links, links to the scripts, links to subscribe to that are in the description as well. Welcome back. Thank you for the daily charge. I'm Roger Chang. I'm Alfred Ng. Thanks for joining us. Bye.